Hi everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, and I'm joined with Connor. Hey, Ron. We're going to talk about Better Call Saul season two, episode three. Amarillo is the name of the episode, and full spoilers as always for this review. And uh, so, where do we start with this one then? Um, uh, there, there was no squat cobbling going on. A little bit disappointed, I'll be honest. There was none of that. There was, however, uh, some filmmaking. <laughs> yes. In Chester U, of course. As Saul decided to make his own commercial in an effort to do things by the book. Yes. Didn't exactly go as planned, though. Because, um, of course, it never does. Well, see, I actually thought this was really well done in terms of a character point of view, because he's trying his best. He really is. Like, he realises that Kim's not happy how he's doing things, and he doesn't want to disappoint her. Uh, and as much as his brother's been a dick about it, he, he is hitting correct points, but he's been a real knob-end about it. Yeah. But So he, he tries. He thinks of an idea, he tries, but he buckles because he doesn't want to get rejected before he shows it to him, and he runs it anyway. And I legit felt really bad for him. And he gets that phone call, and his boss is like being yeah. really stern he's like we're seeing this tomorrow morning it's like dude you just got like a hundred new clients it fucking worked lay off him a little bit no Wade was wrong I'm not saying I don't understand why he's pissed but I know but just... I don't think he, I think he could be a little less pissed no I get why he's pissed I don't necessarily think that's the case I just think we're, we're so with Saul through this journey mm. he's, he's our vessel as it were that we know his faults, we know when he's trying to do the right thing and when he kind of fails and it's just kind of heartbreaking. You can kind of see why he ends up the way he does because even when he tries to do things the right way, like now, it just doesn't end up as planned. It just doesn't just doesn't quite work. So you can see at some point he, he, he could feel like he'll go, well, what's the point in trying to do it that way if it's going to be more effort and for potentially less reward and he's going to lose Kim in the process and that's what's going to spiral Def him down it. Definitely. I've, been saying it, I've been saying it every week but it really is what's going to happen so yeah I mean that's basically all the Saul stuff the Saul stuff was good as always I mean the whole thing was good let's be honest Saul I think, does... I think my favourite moment though was when he was waiting for the phone to ring phones to ring that was a good moment that was good. So tense. It's just literally him just staring at a phone waiting for a light to flash. And it's so damn tense. And then they all start flashing. Yeah. It was very well done. Yeah. It's good now. I mean, they know how to film stuff. Now, the make side of things is a little bit more interesting, I think, this week. Not because the, the Saul stuff was bad, but just because the make was introducing possibly a new element, at least to his story, that... So... The mother of his grandson, if I'm remembering the connections, grand, granddaughter, yeah, if I'm remembering the connections correctly, uh, hears gunshots outside her house and he gets concerned and, you know, sleeps, you know, surveys the house, you know. You know, as soon as they're having that conversation, she's like, I don't want you to worry. And she's like, he's like, I'll stay over. She's like, no, you won't. I just told you. He's like, like, he's staying in the car tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was clear. That was that was so clear. <laughs> you can just see it on his face. He's like, staying in the car, bitch. Yeah. Um. 
And obviously he doesn't really hear anything, he doesn't see anything. At one point he thinks he does, but it's just the uh, newspaper person throwing the newspapers down, which, like, I don't care how rock solid these newspapers are, they don't sound like gunshots when they hit I the know. concrete. Jesus. <laughs> but I took that to mean that uh, he was tired and it was accident. And... Yeah, because you'd seen him having a drink out of a little flask and mm. his eyes were closed a lot. He thought maybe a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, but then she calls him in like an hour later. Like He goes back to work. He's going to start work. And he gets called back to the house from her. And she's like, I heard shots. I heard three shots again. Look at this this little bit in the corner of the house. That's a bullet hole. It's a bullet hole. And it just looks like, the, like a normal bit of chipped rock, essentially. Yeah. You know, at the corner of a, a house. And he's like, okay, you're getting out of this house now, but... It's like, he was here, he didn't see anything. And at half two, he'd have still been awake, because half two is quite early. Like, he wouldn't have been completely knocked out by half two. wasn't even half two. 2.13, I remember. How do you... Re you forget what year it is, but you remember it was 2.13. I'll tell you why I remember. It's because it was so close to being the specific time that, uh, that he, in terms of, like, 13 or 14, that he was running the, that Saul was running the advert. Okay. So like the the number kind of I was like, like they were really close together and it felt like a parallel. Okay, sure. Um, the only reason I remember. But that's not that's not an interesting dynamic, especially to her character. I think. Like, does she have paranoia? Is, is she like? Because even he says, "Did you dream it?" That's not that uncommon. Like, there's nothing wrong if you did dream it. And she's like, "No, no, I was awake because I couldn't sleep all night." And it's like, well. Is there something happening? It feels like the start of a mental illness, arc, mm. frankly. And do you know what is interesting? We don't. I don't. Current if I'm wrong, we never saw her in Breaking Bad. No, we just saw the. We the saw daughter. the granddaughter. Yeah, but I don't even remember her being mentioned. No, um, so the daughter could end up staying with someone else, and she may be in a hospital or you know whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um. It's hard to say, but the events and obviously he's been given our money, but he wants her to move to a better place, a better neighbourhood now. So, need, yeah. so he needs more money, uh, which leads to him taking a job that he wouldn't normally take. Because he's had a very st strict moral code. He won't, you know, he even says, it's not even about killing, he's, he even says in this one he won't break legs. Like, you yeah. know, he's like, he's there to provide sort of backup and protect people and, you know, He'll he'll happily shoot back if someone shoots starts him. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but he's, he's not a hitman. Man. He's not. Yeah, he's not going to be the aggressive one. Um, but of course, we know from Breaking Bad that he kind of becomes that. He's definitely. I mean, he's still he's still the same guy, but you can. He's definitely willing to do more. He's, he's more flexible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he eventually takes the job in this one, which turns out to be from a what's his face whose name I can't Nacho. remember. Nacho. So, Nacho. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I knew it was going to be him. Cause as, soon, it, as soon as they said, oh, they asked for you specifically. Yeah. Like, there's no it one was else. It was either going to be him. him or someone from Breaking Bad. Yeah. It was going to be someone we recognised. And along the fact that this is, just a, this is me being someone who's actually made stuff and is trained in stuff, I very rarely think this about anything in Better Call Saul or indeed anything in Breaking Bad because they are extremely good at this. I thought the cut point at the end, when it cut to credits... A little too soon. It was weird timing. Yeah. It was weird, because it... It basically says he needs someone to go away. 
And the final moment of the episode is Mike considering it, and maybe in his eyes you see that he's going to take it. You know, it's that sort of kind of cliffhanger moment. But it cuts away to the, you know, created by Vince Gilligan really quickly. Yeah. It felt feels like it could have done with another few seconds. Yeah. It's a shame because throughout I was thinking of some, like, there was some lovely edit points as well. Like, um, the first one that I thought it was uh, in the, the lawyer room near the start, and it does the, the camera drops down under the table to show their, their feet. Which is a nice callback to the. Yeah, previous I thought episode. it was a really good one. And then the second one that really stood out was really nice was the transition when Mike's outside a house at night and then it transitions into morning. Mm. I thought that was really well done. It was really nice. And then it was just like this cut at the end just felt so sharp and out of place. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's it's rare we can fault it on its cinematography at all. Uh, I I almost wonder if uh, it was a it was something they had to do because there was something wrong with the rest of the take or something yeah. like that. I want I wonder if something or forced their hand. It was that, or perhaps they were literally really pushing the the limit of exact up to the second of how far they could run the episode. In the time slot, <laughs> maybe I don't know, um, or maybe I mean they had some reason for it. They thought the offbeat nature to it would add something. I don't know. But to me, as someone who's just the, like edit pacing, it fell off. It did. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's a minor complaint. I mean, the rest of the episode was good. Yeah, full of great moments. Um, I am legit nervous about this meeting with the boss next week for <laughs> yeah. Saul, um, because. I don't think there's anything wrong with the uh, commercial, but... Yeah, maybe they'll find something. They'll find it's, something. It's that's... so rare you get this worried about a character intense in a prequel show. Yeah. Or, or, or of, any, of any nature a prequel, because obviously there's there's a set point that something has to end at. Yeah, and I think I think it's because... Do you know the genius of the writing is? And it's, this is a testament to how good the writing... I mean, it's a testament to maybe the acting as well and all the other stuff, but the writing specifically... Is that we know where he ends up, we know that he's going to have a downfall, and it's all going to spiral down to where he is in Breaking Bad, and yet I'm terrified of it happening because I want him to be okay. Yeah, because he's a nice enough guy. Yeah, it's it's astonishing that it's managing that really because it's um, such a rare thing to see happen in any sort of prequel material ever. No prequels, nine times out of ten, suck. Yeah, sometimes they suck disastrously. Yeah, and for different reasons. But as a rule, it's hard for prequels because they have to get to a set place and it can often feel like they're either forcing it to there or they, or the character can't grow organically because of the way they've where they've started. Yeah, they have to stagnate for however long it lasts until it's taken. Yeah. Oh, connect it to the start of the thing that's connecting to. Yeah, whereas this just feels organic and fluid growth, even, even if we didn't know where it was ending up. So yeah, that's Better Call Salt. Episode 3.